0: Most of us are well familiar with social media platform censorship, most notably in about the last year and a half concerning SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the vaccines. I myself am a victim of that. Facebook removed my Dr. Reality page that had 145,000 people that were following it, 12 years of work, because Facebook didn't like the things I was saying, but could not prove that I was actually misleading anyone because I was sharing, facts, data, and evidence. So since they could not prove that I was saying anything wrong, they brought up some meme from two years earlier and another one from nine years earlier and said, oh, look, you violated our policies and eradicated the page with 145,000 followers. So I am very, very much aware of social media platform censorship. But what happens when the media, the the regular, the legacy media, people like CNN and Fox News are engaged in censorship? Once something becomes off the table, they simply cannot talk about it. It is impermissible for the major media to talk about something with the public. Where do we go from there? The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Every morning I scour quite a number of major news websites, both domestic and international. And in doing so, day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, I've noticed that there is a complete media Blackout on discussing prior infection immunity. We know from recent data out of Israel that prior infection immunity is exponentially better than any protection, such as it is, from the vaccines. When I say such as it is from the vaccines, as an example, just before I sat down here to talk to you, I looked at Singapore. Singapore, 80% vaccinated, and their cases are exploding. So whether it's Singapore, whether it's here, whether it's Israel, whether it's Australia, how many new daily infections are occurring in people with prior infection immunity? Yeah, statistically, that would be zero. I mean, there may be one or two, but when you look at things on a statistical basis, it's essentially zero, which is a far, far cry from any protection the vaccine is providing. So let me pose a question. Imagine you were the editor, vice president of some major news organization, and you had a commitment to telling the people the truth. <laughs> I forgot I am talking about major news networks. Sorry, sorry. I made myself laugh there for a moment. And, and you had two things you could talk about. One was the vaccines that provide, oh, how shall I describe it? We'll call it a Modest level of protection from reinfection. I say reinfection because, from the body's point of view, getting the vaccine, the jab, is the first, you know, the body's first contact with quote unquote the pathogen, even though I would argue it really isn't the pathogen. Nevertheless, that is considered by the body to be the first contact with the pathogen. So, when somebody who's vaccinated then gets infected, it's actually they are getting reinfected. Now, numbers are all over the map about what the level of reinfection, or maybe for the purpose of this discussion, we'll just call it infection, what the numbers are as far as people who are vaccinated getting infected. We know the numbers are dramatically higher than Pfizer or Moderna talked about initially. Uh, There have been estimates anywhere from 30% all the way to as high as 80% of the people who have already been vaccinated, depending on location and time, have been getting infected or reinfected. The second thing that you could talk about, if you were this editor over this major news source or a vice president, you could talk about prior infection immunity. And so how many people with prior infection immunity are getting reinfected? Well, it depends on which numbers you're looking at. One study, the, the best estimate I've heard today, best being the least number of people getting reinfected, was that a mere eight one thousandths of of the people with prior infection immunity were getting reinfected. That's the best. The worst that has been stated in a study was one-tenth of 1%. Now, obviously, those are dramatically different. It probably has a lot to do with methodologies and location and timing. But nevertheless, the worst one, one one-tenth of 1%, is still statistically zero. So we've got this one group with somewhere between a goodly amount of reinfections all the way to a extremely large number of reinfections. That's the one group. And then the other group is like, none. And yet, oddly, there's a media blackout about discussing the one where you have zero reinfections. In terms of the United States, what I find so egregious about this media blackout is that as of September 28th, 2021, according to the U.S. government, using the CDC's metrics of four unidentified infections for every one identified infection. By the way, that's a very conservative estimate. I've seen estimates as high as 11 unidentified infections for every one identified infection. So CDC's four to one is very, very conservative. So using CDC's conservative metric, as of September 28, 2021, in the United States, 215,500,000 people have prior infection immunity. That's 65% of the U.S. population with bubkis, zero chance of reinfection, which means whether we're talking about vaccinated people at a risk of reinfection, or whether we're talking about non-vaccinated people actually becoming infected perhaps for the first time, just a 35% of the entire U.S. population. So why is there a media blackout? Because I don't know whether it's pressure. I don't know whether it's money. Uh, not sure what the dynamic is. But for whatever reason, the large media outlets have decided to partner with government and with big pharma in promoting vaccination. So any fact that would cause people to scratch their head and say, wait, wait a second. So if I have essentially bulletproof protection, let's say they had a PCR test, so they know they were positive months and months and months. ago. Like, okay, so I know I was infected and I had all the symptoms and I lost my sense of taste or smell or so forth. And then, you know, I had the thing for five or six days and I recovered. So I, I know I had it. So I know I have essentially bulletproof protection from reinfection, which is not true for vaccinated people. So now why would I go get vaccinated? Anything that the media could say that would cause somebody to think that way, they will not say. And the number one fact that would lead them to think that way is telling the truth about prior infection immunity. So what do we hear in America? We value freedom of the press, right? What do we do when the media enters into a conspiracy of silence with the government to deprive the American people of a critical piece of information? And polls show consistently that the faith that the American people have, the trust that the American people have with the mainstream media is at an all-time low. So now with it getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Now, the media is participating in a self imposed total blackout on the facts you need to know. In this case, prior infection immunity. Let me give you an analogy to illustrate prior infection immunity versus the protection, such as it is, from the vaccines. Imagine that you knew someone was going to try and shoot you with a handgun. So you end up with this sheet of two inch thick bulletproof glass. Between you and anybody who could enter the structure where you're working or living or so forth. So you're completely protected by this two inch sheet of bulletproof glass. Then along comes somebody from government and says, Hey, see this little tiny thin eighth inch sheet of Lexan? Yeah. Okay, so somebody's trying to shoot you. I need you to hold this sheet of Lexan, this little eighth inch sheet of non bulletproof Lexan. I need you to hold that up in front of you at all times to make sure that you're safe. And nobody, nobody is willing to talk about the two-inch thick sheet of bulletproof glass that's already in place. So you probably figured this out already. The two-inch bulletproof glass is actually prior infection immunity. And that little thin worthless piece of lexan that you're being told to hold up is getting vaccinated. So If you had a two-inch bulletproof thick sheet of bulletproof glass in front of you, why would you do what the government said and stand there holding up that ridiculous piece of Lexan? Well, the only reason would be is if for some reason you were deprived of the information that that two-inch bulletproof panel was already in place. And that's exactly what's going on here. There is a complete media blackout about that inch bulletproof panel. In other words, prior infection immunity. Another area where the media has created a self-imposed total blackout is on the discussion of comorbidities. Remember when that was a thing? Actually, if you go back to about April, May, June, July, that area of 2020, that was actually a pretty prevalent discussion in the media. In the last, I don't know, 8, 10, 11 months, Zero. There's virtually no discussion of comorbidities. It's, it's as if they want you to believe that the truth, that no one's really at risk of dying from this unless they have one or more comorbidities, most of them having well more than one of them. It's like, that's not part of the discussion anymore. They want you to believe that completely healthy people are dropping dead of COVID-19, which is a lie, And this self-imposed blackout on the subject of comorbidities in reference to dying of COVID-19 is part of the plan to get people to think totally healthy people are dropping dead. Not long ago, I forget which media outlet it was, ran a story where this mother was talking about how horrible it was that her completely healthy 16-year-old was in the hospital with COVID-19 because she hadn't, got it, she hadn't gotten vaccinated. And the, the, the message from the mother was that you need to get vaccinated because it's so tough for me to be in this hospital room watching my completely healthy 16-year-old daughter struggle to breathe. Okay, so I saw the story. I looked at the still photos, and they appeared, in my opinion, to have been shot intentionally, to see no more than like the face or the arm of this 16-year-old girl. So I went out and I did some research, and I found some video that was shot in that hospital room where the mother was sitting with her. I'm going to try and say this nicely. Uh, This 16-year-old girl, as far as width, uh, she was probably four of me. She was morbidly obese. So I'm sure in addition to the comorbidity, the chronic disease of obesity, I'm sure she had Other comorbidities going on as well because she was so massively obese. But yet the pitch was in the media, and by her own mother, that she was a completely healthy 16-year-old. And that's part of the big lie to convince you that people are dropping dead without comorbidities, which is not true just this morning, I was looking at a story of some guy in his 60s and he's in a hospital room and he's got the gown and they're showing all the the, the medical gear behind him, you know, the little things bleep, 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 bleep and all that stuff, right? Testing his oxygen, monitoring his oxygen and so forth and he's got the mask on and he's got this position almost like he's in prayer and he's doing this video and he's saying, you know, I thought that the vaccine, I wasn't going to do it. I didn't want to do it. They told me to do it and they tell me to do something and I'm not going to do it. But I'm here to tell you take the vaccine. The vaccine makes you healthy. You need to be healthy. Get the vaccine. And of course, he's obese. Leaving aside his idiotic claim that the vaccine makes you healthy. Uh, Whether it is this guy in his 60s in the hospital room, whether it's the the mother of the 16-year-old, and there's been just countless similar stories. I'm just sharing the ones that stand out in my mind as I'm talking to you today. There's countless similar stories being pitched by the media. So one of the things I absolutely don't hear from all of these obese people that are begging people to get vaccinated is this. And it would be, you know, I've known since probably May of 2020 that obesity was the number one factor that was going to indicate a negative and dangerous outcome from COVID-19. I've known that. So I'm, I'm here now to say to you all of the people of america please right now do whatever you begin today to get rid of your obesity or whatever other comorbidities you have due to your obesity your diabetes and so forth please do whatever you have to do right now to begin to get rid of all these comorbidities so that you never have to suffer like this yeah they never say anything like that it's never like hey man I was a complete fucking idiot and I had all the time in the world to get rid of my obesity and I didn't do that. So now I'm suffering in the hospital, but it's not because of my obesity. It's not because of the diabetes from my obesity. It's not because of the heart disease I got from being obese. It's not from any of the, you know what it is? I just didn't take the shot. That's the problem. And that, my friends, is America in 2021. Tell you what, so that I can continue to be here to share this kind of information with you, go to DrReality.News, pick yourself up a copy of Body Science uh, that will help you with that agenda we were just talking about a it minute. It's so, so, so incredibly easy to drop all that excess weight without even trying. It's just, just amazing. It once you to know how your body actually works physiologically speaking. They keep telling you, if you earn a living in America, you owe the income tax. But you know that's not even legally accurate, not even in the slightest. Get yourself a copy of Body Science. Get yourself a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Mist. Get information that only a tiny fraction of the population has that destroys the false narrative so you can know the truth. And you can make decisions once you have the truth. And in doing so, getting that fabulous information, you're also helping me to continue to be here for you. Thanks. Thank mm-hmm. you.